in the game of basketball, stars are made. But how do they get to that point? How has the game changed them? And what are they doing today? Welcome to Rebound Radio with your host, Matt Fish of Rebound Magazine. Each week, Matt goes one-on-one with some of the legends of basketball, finds out their inside story, and uncovers stories you've got to hear to believe. Now, here's Matt Fish and Alex Clancy. Man, that is a hell of an intro. I like it. Jeez. Forceful. Uh, Alex Clancy, Matt Fish here, Rebound Radio on Voice America Radio. Follow Matt Fish at Rebound Talk on Twitter. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Go to voiceamerica.tv to check out all of the content that Matt and I got from the uh, NBA Legends Conference when we were in Vegas, uh, what, six weeks ago now? Yeah, it's been that long. Yeah. I don't know, maybe longer. Um, I'm awful with time travel. Yeah, but we have a lot of great content on there from former NBA players, uh, George Lynch, Keith Kloss, Cherokee Parks, my personal favorite. Um, we had a great time out there, and ever since then, it seems like every day Matt is telling me about something new that the NBRPA is putting together or something he's doing on his own time uh, with the nonprofits that he works for. Uh, we will have a very special guest, David Naves, uh, board of directors of the NBRPA, yeah. um, representing the Harlem Globetrotters. We'll talk to him in just a moment. Nice. But as we do every week, we will go over the regurgitation of everything that Matt told me in our pre-show, uh, pre-show meeting of what's going on with the NBRPA and, and what's going on with Schooled Pro, the app for financial literacy. Yeah. Uh, there are some updates on that, too. So, Matt... Uh, go. Okay. Thanks, Clancy. It's always good to see you, Fancy. I tell you. <laughs> Don't call me that. <laughs> People are listening now. <laughs> I tell you. Uh, it's pretty exciting to be able to share that the NBRPA members and their families received the Dave DeBusher and Lloyd, Earl Lloyd scholarships that totaled more than $180,000. They awarded 37 scholarships of nearly $3,500 apiece for higher education to the NBRPA members and their spouses children and grandchildren. A wonderful program we've had for many, many years at the NBRPA. But talk about a feather in your hat when you can say that we're really, really behind furthering the education of and how important education is to everybody involved. So I'm excited to be able to say that nearly $180,000 in scholarships were given out for higher education in the combination of Earl Lloyd Scholarship and the Dave DeBusher Scholarship that we have. So that's big news. Congratulations, MBRPA, and also to all your scholarship recipients. That's fantastic. I love higher education, and so it is something of need, and the MBRPA has stepped up. UNC Wilmington in the house. You bet. You bet. UNC okay, anyways, Wilmington. what else? I also want to talk about the advancement of School Pro, the financial literacy program that we have uh, in place for the NBRPA, Phoenix chapter. I'm excited to say that that has continued to evolve, and we're looking forward to, as kids learn about financial literacy, have the ability to unlock a chance to receive $1,000 for a 529 scholarship. Free money. They get to watch it grow, and all they have to do is learn about money. So I'm excited to be able to say that that thing continues to evolve, and we're going to be rolling that out soon here in the Valley of the Sun, and I'd like to bring it to other chapters, and that's the plan. So that's the, uh, that's the uh, evolution of, of school right now. Well, uh, this might be a very important person to talk to if you're going to do that. Uh, David Naves, we're welcoming him in right now. He's uh, on the board of directors uh, of the NBRPA, former Harlem Globetrotter, uh, a Chicago man, Chicago boy, if I can say that from when you grew up. Is that correct? Correct. <laughs> yeah, and you're and living in... First, I want to I thank you all for having me on, by the way. I really course. appreciate the opportunity. Of course. So you have a a, a new niece, is that correct? Yes. Uh, I want to apologize for last week. We got a call from uh, 
Charleston, South Carolina, that my daughter was going to have an emergency cesarean to have our oh. first grandchild. Grandchild, yeah. And as you would have it, we had to make a beeline down to South Carolina. Oh, man. And uh, he had a, uh, a six-pound, four-ounce boy. His name is Adrian Jr. We call him AJ. Nice. Uh, and my daughter Erica and everybody is doing is doing well. That's awesome. I always wanted a, a nickname like that, and I never got it. It's just yeah. not, you know, it's, it's got a... A name like A.J. Silman, something's good. Gotta oh, have. yeah. <laughs> it just rolls off. Well, congratulations, yeah. Mr. Naves. That's great, David. I really, uh, yeah. you know, hey, you were missed last week, but I understand, I tell you what, yeah. to be able to come on the show today and tell us that, it just makes me smile from ear to ear. So congratulations. And then just one other thing. I just want to reiterate what Matt was saying about the Baby Bush and Orlord Scholarship Fund. Yeah. You know, the amount of support that that gives to those kids is phenomenal. I mean, that is a that is a phenomenal program where, you know, you can get that type of financial relief, uh, you know, for these uh, for these kids. Well, Dave, for for years and years now, you've been a, have had a strong desire to encourage our youth to do the best that they can. So coming from you, it really means something. I know that you believe that with your vision, passion, purpose, guidance, and planning that our youth can be as successful in our endeavors, as successful as all of us are. To be academic, sports, and business, or relationships, whatever endeavor it is, you've been behind the youth of the Chicago area, I know first and foremost, but also being on the board of directors for the MBRPA. You're out in the community making a difference on a daily basis, and I thank you for all the support that you give the MBRPA as well as the communities in the, you know across the United States. Thank you very much. Yep, yep. I want to tell you a little bit about David, our uh, Rebound listeners. He was born and raised in the south side of Chicago. Uh, very passionate about basketball, science, and technology. So it's interesting. Let, let, me, say a little, let me say a little bit about the south side of Chicago. Please I don't do. know for your older listeners. I don't know if they remember the uh, Lou Rawls song, Dead End Street. And he talked about 47th Street in Chicago uh, <laughs> and the Hawks. That, that's where I grew up. <laughs> and so uh, you're not there now. I believe you're in, are you in Bowie, Maryland still? I'm in Bowie, Maryland now. Okay, that's, that's what I thought. I remember we talked about that when I played for the Washington Bullets. The last year they were called the Bullets. That's where I lived was in Bowie, Maryland there. And mm -hmm. a nice little part of the world, man. So, you're, you know, it's, it's it really all good. Is. It's all good. So, you know, again, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit more about Mr. Naves. He, he went into with and joined with the Harlem Globetrotters, but before that, he had a lot of opportunities to play college ball. He, the University of Iowa, I know Vanderbilt University and University of Kansas were all, Northern Illinois were all universities that wanted his services in, in college. But tell us where you went, Mr. Naves. Tell us where, where you ended up. Well, I ended up at Northern Illinois yeah, that's University. Right. Okay. Um, it was a D1 school at the time, and uh, they were just starting their program. They had about a 5,500-seat arena, um, the Chick Evans Fieldhouse, that was really, uh, at that time, pretty phenomenal. And I said, well, why do I need to go all the way to Kansas or Nashville when I can play here at Northern and all my friends and family right. can watch me play all the time, you know? Sure. And so, uh, so I felt very comfortable signing with, uh, with Northern Illinois. You know, we played uh, pretty much... A, um, uh, a an all B one independent schedule at that time. This was in 1967 when I went to uh, when I went to when I went to Northern Illinois. Okay, Salukis. That no, these that's Southern. Salukis. Southern, Southern okay. Illinois was the uh, so you're the, the Salukis. At that time, Southern Illinois, I think, was part of the Missouri Valley Conference. Okay, that's right. And uh, and this was a this was an era when you had a lot of independent schools like Notre I mean, like Notre Dame and Marquette. You know, and all okay. those schools. So we played, we played all of those schools at that time, and we uh, we had a pretty good record during yeah. that period of time as well. Okay, so you get out of college, and um, 
did you just have an affinity for the entertainment of th- that the Harlem Globetrotters uh, possessed that they portrayed, or no, were you? I think I, I go- think what happened when I went to Northern at the time as a freshman, you couldn't play as a freshman varsity, and uh, so I played. We played freshman. We played about a twelve game schedule, and I led the freshman team in scoring. I averaged about twenty points a game, a little bit more than twenty points a game nice. as a freshman, and then my sophomore year. Uh, at Northern, I think we went something like 15 and 13. We played Michigan and uh-huh. Wisconsin, Marquette, you know, some mm-hmm. of the top programs, New Mexico State, where they were ranked fourth in the nation. And I think I averaged about, about, about 17 and 10, about 17 points and 10 rebounds. As a sophomore, you know, eh? during my uh, During my sophomore year. Wow. This was like being a freshman almost, you know, Gee. at that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my sophomore, my junior and senior year weren't, weren't as productive as I would have liked, but, uh, but, after my senior year, uh, I was able to get a tryout with the Indiana Pacers and uh, went out to Indianapolis, and uh, this is when Slick uh, Leonard was the coach okay. with the Indiana Pacers mm-hmm. at the time. And when I got there, my roommate was Randy Smith <laughs> Oh, hmm. when I got to camp. Right. So Randy and I were, uh, were roommates. And, uh, and the team that we pretty much practiced with during the whole camp, and at that time, George McGinnis was the number one pick for uh, Indiana, and Darnell Hillman was their second pick. And so it was basically myself, Randy, Darnell, a guy named Rich Walker out of uh, Bowling Green, and a guy named Bobby Besant out of uh, New Orleans. You know, that was pretty much our team during the camp. And as it be, uh, we played a couple games against the Memphis Pros when they had a, another guy named Johnny Newman playing for them at the time, mm-hmm. you know, at the old Indianapolis uh, Fairgrounds. We played a couple of games uh, against them. Okay. But Randy and I were cut the same day <laughs> from the team. So I asked Randy, I said, well, Randy, what do you want to do now? And he said, well, Dave, I think, you know, he was a seventh-round pick with the Buffalo Braves. He said, well, I think I'm going to go out to Buffalo and give it a shot. I said, well, Randy, you know, well, good luck to you. And uh, so I came back, and uh, it just so happens that uh, a buddy of mine told me about a trial with the Globetrotters. And, um, and that's how I ended up playing for the Globetrotters from that trial I got when I got back from the paper. Well, let me back this up because this doesn't mm-hmm. just happen. I mean, what kind of upbringing did you have on the South Side? I know you had a nice influence from your parents and they were educators and you got educated. Share a little bit about, you know, how it kind of evolved and how all of a sudden you knew basketball was going to be your sport. Uh, I, I hate to you know, jump so far ahead when so much more mm-hmm. has to happen before, you know, yeah, you become the player you were. Growing up on the South Side of Chicago, so, you know, I was very fortunate to be exposed to a lot of different things growing up. You know, even though uh, we grew up in what we would consider a poor area, yeah. we had access to so many things. And, and, uh, and during the summer, you know, the kids, you know, we, we had playgrounds back then. And in the playgrounds, we played baseball in the, in the summer. and We played uh, football in the fall and nice. basketball in the winter and so forth, you know. And, uh, and also... Uh, in seventh grade, I got introduced to music, and so uh, nice. I picked up playing the trombone. Cool, know, cool. In uh, in middle school, and uh, and so from that, I had a, a very good interest in uh, in in music, and also I was a scout during that time. You know, growing up, and you know, so I got exposed to to those types of things. Okay. So, uh, but back then, uh, the city really invested in those types of things to keep to keep kids. Uh, you know, engaged and, and off the streets and, and things of that nature. And so uh, I would say growing up, you know, I, um, I was encouraged and got exposed to a lot of, a lot of different things that kind of formed 
who I was, where basketball was not the most important thing. It was just something that I did when I was in the seventh and eighth grade. Well, and I know with having the ability to do the variety of things, and, and I am such a fan of that. I was the same way. I mean, basketball, you know, but I had also baseball and football, and, and I played the piano. And to me, music is a flow, and so is basketball. So the two go hand in hand. It takes, you get out of it what you put into it. It's like anything. You practice hard, and you get darn good at the trombone, you get darn good at the right. piano, and next thing you know... You know, you're starting to impress people. And my guess is, is as you had the opportunity to be exposed to all the other sports, and then you grew to be as tall as you are, and you're, you're, you're a graceful man, and you're an athletic right. man, and you just, it just kind of evolved that basketball looks like it might be your sport. But when did you right. know? When did, did you ever separate it, or did you just do them all, or did you just decide <laughs> basketball is the one? You know, um, I went to uh, a school in, uh, in high school. Um, I went to a school called... Uh, Lindblom Tech in Chicago. And at the time, in 67, there were only two technical schools at the time in Chicago. One was on the north side called Lane Tech. The other was on the south side, Lindblom Tech. And so in order to get into Lindblom, you had to be recommended by your counselor. You had to take an exam. Oh. And you pretty much had to have reading scores of, you know, in the, in the 11th or grade, 12th grade percentile to even be considered to go to Lindblom. Okay. And so at that time, they took a lot of African-American students from all over the city who was able to to uh, to pass the exam and we uh, we ended up going to uh, going to Limbo. Uh My my home school would have been DuSable, and I think if I had gone to DuSable, I would have played with Kevin Porter and some of those guys. Uh-huh. You know? But 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 during that summer, I think is when I really began to realize that you know um, I'm pretty good at this, you know. And, <laughs> and that's when your friends start to tell you, you know, when you're choosing sides. And you, you begin to realize that when it's time to choose sides, that you're one of the first ones to be chosen. <laughs> you know, and that and that kind of gives you an indication that you know you have a you have a pretty good basketball game. And so uh, by me by me going to Limbloom uh, as opposed to the other schools, you know that that enabled me to really blossom and uh, and become a pretty good uh, a really good basketball player. Well, that's fantastic. And I, I isn't it kind of like a STEM school is called now? Is yeah, that, yeah. at the time was a STEM school, what we would call okay. a STEM school today, okay. science, technology, engineering, and math school. Right. And, um, and so uh, at Limbloom, you had to have four years of science, four years of math, and that really prepared you for a technical career uh, after high school. And um, it was one of the best schools in the, uh, in the country. And so, uh, you had to maintain a 2.0 to stay there. So if you drop below a 2.0, you know, you had to leave. And uh, so that meant that, you know, of the 300 and about 300, 280 graduates um, from Limbloom in my senior year, you know, everybody had to have a, at least a 2.0. And I think about, I think about the top third of the class had like a 3.5. You know? <laughs> so it was uh, academically, it was a pretty, pretty tough, tough school at that time. And your parents, they got behind you, you know, they're like, sure, you should go to Limbloom. Is that correct? Were, were yeah. they, weren't they behind yeah, you saying that was a good move? I think, uh, I think what got behind me most were my teachers, you know, because they were yeah. the ones who were, you know, pushing me to, uh, to go to Limbloom. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my parents were working class parents and, you know, Primarily, you know, their focus was to keep me fed, clothed, and, you know, yeah. and making certain that, you know, I had good values and things of that nature. So, does, know, what, so my does, parents were very hardworking people, uh-huh. but, uh, but they made certain that uh, I was provided for and, um, and that um, they instilled really good, good values in me. So that, so, and, and that enabled me to uh, make good decisions, you know, and, 
And the other thing that, that they taught me was personal responsibility. You know, I always worked. Mm-hmm. You know, I never really had to ask my parents for anything because I always had a job. So in mm-hmm. addition to all these other things, you know, I had paper routes. You know, I took people uh, groceries home from the, uh, from, the, uh, from the store at the time. Nice. Uh, so I was always finding ways in order to make, make money for myself to take that burden off of my parents. If you were to choose one mentor, who, who would that be in growing up? Can you pick out one? It sounds like you had several of really good positive influences, but is there yeah, one? Because I know um, you mentor back now as a as an adult, but I, surely somebody grabbed you by the ear and said, "You're supposed you should do it this way." I think one of, one of them was my high school coach at Lindblom. Okay, you know, he he recognized uh, pretty early on that uh, that I had. Some talent, and uh, and he made certain that I I stayed focused with that talent, not only on the court but also academically, because Lindblom was a uh, was a pretty tough school academically, and he provided a lot of that guidance for me, uh, you know, when I was in high school to make certain that you know I was doing the right things. And another person was my physics uh, professor, a guy named Powell Hutton Collins. Okay. You know, he um, he was my physics teacher at Lindblom. He later became a principal over at one of the top high schools in Chicago, Whitney Young. He's he since retired. And, um, and he would talk to me quite a bit about, you know, you know what am I going to do after high school? Am I preparing myself for those things that I want to do? You know, what do I want? You know, what college do I want to go to? So I got a lot of support from, uh, from Mr. Collins as well. And we had our 47th uh, high school reunion, and, uh, and Mr. Collins was there, and I, I went over and made certain that um, – you know that I remember all the things that he helped me with when I was at you know, all that little that's that's great everyone needs good mentors to get anywhere I tell you we're up against you, you, a... you really you really do you know and you know and I think that's what's missing with a lot of kids today I agree. Is that um, they don't have uh, the you know if they're a good athlete everybody's out to get a piece of their talent right you know, and how they can benefit from that from that talent and sometimes you wonder are they really in it for the, the best thing for the kid, or is it about them? You know, right, so, right. Uh, so I really, I really think, you know, you got to have adults who are going to provide the necessary guidance, not only you know to help the kid as an athlete, but also to help that kid look at look at things beyond the sport they're playing. You know, and 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 really try to get them to develop other interests besides the sport. We are speaking with David Naves, the board. Oh, He's on the board of directors of the NBRPA and so much more that we are learning about him from his childhood and we'll, we'll get to uh, the Harlem Globetrotters and everything afterwards and what he's doing now. And most importantly, I want to talk about exactly what you just said about making sure that people have the interest in the kids at mind at all times. Alex Clancy, Matt Efficient Studio. Mr. David Naves on the line. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. 
Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. Now, back to the show. We don't normally hear the commercial before the reintro music, so that's why we were a little confused in here. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish, in studio, David Naves on the line on the board of directors for the NBRPA. We are taking a gentle stroll through his life, um, asking pertinent questions, letting him tell us exactly uh, what he wants to tell us about his life, and and we thank him again for, for being on. Now, before the break, we were talking about mentorship, uh, and the thing that I've talked with Matt about the most, David, is that NBA, when you hear former NBA player, the common thought process and it was probably mine before I, I met Matt you know six a uh, couple months ago was rich like that's the first thing you think mm-hmm. well not not everybody it's not a blanket statement but a lot of times you just play in the NBA, NBA at one time that player had a lot of money and with charities the the tongue-in-cheek correlation a lot of times between professional athletes and charities is tax write-off so these things are thought of a lot. And when I learned about the NBRPA, the first thing that came to my mind was this isn't even close to that. And all the charities that Matt has showed me uh, that, that have some sort of tie-in or are run by people that are a part of the NBRPA, that's the furthest thing from the truth. And the mentorship that goes into every kid in these camps and schools and skill classes and all that stuff is just true, heartfelt desire to make these kids lives better and that's something that's blown me away so it, as you were i just wanted to say a little aside but now uh continue <laughs> yeah i want to i want to i want to agree with you on that on that you know and we can't paint everybody with a broad brush i think uh i think there are a lot of former nba players as well as Harlem Globetrotters that are that have formed foundations that are doing tremendous things within their community you know one of the two tenets of the nbrpa and matt has said this many times i'm sure is that our goal is to help former players transition to life after basketball, but also to have an impact on our communities. And uh, there are a number of members within NBRPA who are doing just that. They're having a tremendous impact on their communities through through the uh, through our through their foundations and things of that nature. But not only are a lot of these guys not only are they having basketball camps and things of that nature, but also they're teaching these kids a lot of life skills. Mm-hmm. And some of the camps also involve STEM you know, where they incorporate STEM yep. into their, their camp activities. So, so there are a lot of former players that are members of the NBRPA who are doing it. 
Well, w when you were talking earlier about you went to a, a school that's now known as a STEM school, I, I happened to be down there working with Major Jones in the Houston chapter before. I've been on his advisory board helping him out through Rebound and whatever else have you. And one of their initiatives is, and their partners, is STEM. They have this whole program, yeah. and it's just fantastic how he gives back down there. So that's one area specifically is the Houston chapter. I know one of their top three initiatives is the STEM school. And so, you know, you're right when, when there's a lot of different things that are being done in the MBRPA. I know I saw the other day where M. Bryant was doing a uh, golf uh, outing with um, Jim Granholm, and it had to do with uh, the Fisher Foundation and raising money for vets, and, and that just happened like yesterday. You know, it's just nonstop, but guess what? Not everyone knows about it, so that's really why Rebound exists, is trying to make sure people know about, you know, the nice and the great things that we're doing for one another, but not only that, the community and all those in it. Fantastic. So, uh, you know, I wanted to, I know that, I got always ask this question, I just, so you said that they would pick you first, and that's how you knew, yeah. you know, hey, basketball might be my sport, but can you remember yeah, the first time yeah. you dunked a ball, Dave? Um, I think the first time, you remember now, uh, when I came, when I graduated and went to Limbloom, I was five, nine and a half. <laughs> that's how tall I was. <laughs> you're, um, you're not that anymore. I came back my sophomore year about six, one about about five eleven my sophomore year. Okay. My junior year was about six two, and my senior year was about six four and a half. Mm -hmm. So that was my growth spurt in uh, in high school. And um, even today, you know, guys, you know, that went to high school with me, they remember, you know, you know, when we were in middle school, how they were taller than me, and they remember at Limbo, you know, they said, "My goodness, Dave, you must." like a big talk. I remember that plain as day. Because all of a sudden I was towering over everyone. You know, <laughs> it was really, really funny how all that, how all that happened. You know, how? as I was growing, you know, my basketball skills were getting better and better. Sure, you know? sure. And um, and back then, you know, we uh, we didn't have uh, trainers and camps and AAU and all that stuff. You know, you honed your skills on the playground, and there were older guys on the playground that was always watching to see how you were developing as a basketball player. And then one day you would get that call from the other court to come play with them. And, and once you got that call to come play with them, that's when you knew your skills were up to par and, and you, had, you had some game. So, David, how, that, that's how, much how, how it went back then. How, how tall did you end up, how tall were you by the time you had uh, gotten into the pros? Uh, I was six five. Okay, so you got up to yeah. six six five. So, do you yeah. remember the first time I'm going back to it? You dunked the ball. Oh, I was in I was in high school. Okay, you know, I was always a good leaper even uh -huh. in high school. Uh -huh. But I was dunking the ball when I was a junior in high school. Okay, you know, you know when I was when I got to be about about six five eleven about six two, I was able to dunk the ball with okay. ease. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and uh, I was a pretty good pretty good rebounder. Right, um, in, in high school okay. in high school as well. You know, so so by then, you know, my leaping ability was pretty much well known throughout the city. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, and remember now, this is Chicago. You know, this is not the Maryland suburbs. You know, right. So in Chicago, we have about you know maybe about fifty or sixty teams schools in Chicago. Uh -huh. And my senior year, I made uh, made all city my senior year. Also on that all city team was Roger Brown. I don't know. If um, he's also an NBRPA member. He ended up going to Kansas. Okay. Uh, both Roger and I were recruited to go down to Kansas together, uh -huh. and uh, he decided to go to Kansas. I stayed up at Northern, and Roger went to a high school called Inglewood. And, and that, in our senior year, we both made uh, we both made all city in Chicago. 
And also, I was honorable mention all state. Oh, all school. Illinois, right? <laughs> all the whole entire state yeah. of Illinois. That's right. so cool. But I was honorable mention. I didn't make the. Uh, I was honorable mention on all state. But you got to remember, this is Illinois and Chicago, and a lot of basketball players. Oh man. In Illinois, and uh, just to be mentioned as all state, I think. Well, an and and earning the Chicago All City is just that's just what an honor. I mean, man. yeah, you know. And then to go so on and, and you ho- like you said, you hone them schools in 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 the pros or in college, and you got so good in college that that you got drafted to the NBA, and then and the next thing you know, you find yourself trying out for the Harlem Globetrotters. Let's change gears so a little I bit. I didn't get drafted into the NBA. Oh, you didn't? What okay. I, what happened was. Uh, I had the trial with Indiana, okay. and then I was able to get a trial with the Globetrotters uh, in uh, in seventy in seventy one. Okay, and um, at our camp, we had about forty guys at our camp at the time, and out of that forty guys, it took five, and uh, and I was able to play uh, uh, after making the team. I was able to play well, uh, with Metal Art, Curly Neal, nice. Jackie Jackson, Bobby Joe Mason. So I played on the national team, and uh, and also I played on the international team. Well, we got a chance to tour. Australia, Hawaii, New Zealand, New Caledonia, Tahiti, um, wow. Tasmania, Fiji. So uh, we got a chance to uh, travel the world and cool. for, for, for the Globetrotters. That's cool. What's your and fun? When you play for the Globetrotters, it's a little bit different from, say, the NBA, is that at the time, you know, the biggest sports program at the time was Wide World of Sports. <laughs> and I remember yeah. uh, when you watch Wide World of Sports, you always waiting for when the Globetrotters would be on Wide World of Sports. You know, you would just hope that that was the Sunday that the Globetrotters would play. And remember now, in 19, you know, in the 60s and 70s, the Globetrotters were known all over the world. You know, oh, yeah. at that time, the NBA was struggling. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, a lot of games that we played in the States were played before an NBA game so that people could come yeah. to the game. Yeah, you know they would yeah. come through the Globetrotters, and hopefully they would stay for the NBA game. Right, I mean I, that's kind of where things were wow. at the time, you know, and that was that was the height of the popularity of the uh, of the Harlem. Globetrotters. So it was almost uh, more nostalgic, or more even higher thought of to be able to make the Harlem Globetrotters. You know, the NBA is what it is, but I made the Harlem Globetrotters. I mean, that's a bigger deal. Right. So, so if you were African American, you know, say in the '60s, and 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 when I played, um, you had the ABA. You had the NBA, and you had the Harlem Globetrotters. That was it. So if you got cut from an NBA team or NBA team, you know, the only other place there was was Harlem Globetrotters. Hmm. You didn't have the international league that you have today, even though some guys did go overseas to play, but nowhere near at the, at the level where it is now. Right. So those were your options. And so the Globetrotters had a pretty good pick of the litter of really talented players back then. I mean, really talented players. And they, and they would play like uh, so exciting basketball, you know, uh, pleasing to the fans. You know, they'd get excited with all the fancy stuff that was uh, taking place on the court. I remember Wild Builder Sports. I remember, can't wait for the Harlem Globetrotters to come on. I, I remember, you know, Curly Neal, and they were the names I remember. And I was so excited to be able to hang out recently with uh, Metal Arc Lemon. He's here in the Valley. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't well, that long are, ago. Those are my, my teammates and workmates. So yeah. I work with them every so I was with them every day, you know, on the court, on the bus, you know. Those are the guys that I that I played with, you know. And another guy, uh, Theodis Lee out of the University of Houston, Dallas Thornton, Nate Branch out of the mm-hmm. University of Nebraska, Frank Street. Frank Street and I were were uh, were uh, rookies together. Okay. With the Globetrotters. Okay. Walter Robertson out of Loyola, Pablo Robertson out of Loyola, Bobby Joe Mason out of Bradley University. I mean, these, you know, these guys were. 
these guys were, were, were players, you know, and when we, uh, when we performed, you know, it shows that we, we could play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With no, anybody. No doubt about it. In, in all realms yeah. of the sport, I mean, shooting and dribbling and, and you know, right. rebounding right. and just getting up in the air. It was just right. so much fun. And well, I just remember getting a big a kick of, out of his kid. It was so much fun. And uh, an amazing thing, Matt, is that as I got older, uh, I began to realize how much joy um, this team brought people all over the world. And even today, you know, I remember I was going down on the street and the guy saw a Harlem Globetrotter running down my license plate. Uh-huh. He pulled up behind me with his two kids and said, wow, did you play for the Globetrotters? <laughs> and I said, yeah. He said, what's your name? I said, Dave Mays. So when I came out the store, I saw him. He said, man, we've already Googled you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. So I didn't feel Googled. You but... <laughs> realize, you know, it's not, it's not the person per se, but it's, it's just the mere fact of, of being a Harlem Globetrotter. Don't ask me why. But that's just the way people feel about it. Oh, it's because you changed the world. I mean, you guys stepped up yeah. and you took that entertainment and you took it all over the world. And, and, and yeah. it's just, I know that you brought smiles to me as a kid. And I can't imagine going to the places like, you know, Canada and Australia and yeah. New Zealand that you talk about, Tahiti, Hawaii. Yeah. Come on, man. That's just yeah. got to be some yeah. wonderful memories. And remember now, this was, this was before the Internet and, you know, yeah. and all that all that stuff. Oh know? yeah. So it was it was a great you know, I really enjoyed it. You know, I played with them for a year and um and um and then uh, after that first year I I kinda did some soul searching to, you know, should I try out well I had another trial with the uh, with the Dallas Chaparrales at the time. Okay. Uh, right after that season with the Globetrotters and uh and I went and played during the preseason. We did a tour in Puerto Rico. Oh nice. Um, I did a tour in Puerto Rico with the Dallas Chaparrales. We played about seven games against the Puerto Rican National and uh, and uh, and coming back, you know, uh, I didn't make the team. And at that point, I said, you know, I really think about this this basketball stuff a little bit harder, and maybe maybe think about other things. Well, I mean, <laughs> with all the success you had on the other things, and we'll we'll slide yeah. into that next. Congratulations yeah. on owning three of your own patents, and and just kind of yeah. take us a little bit to now. Now, what does a fella do? I now I'm transitioning right. to life after basketball. I am educated. You know, I enjoyed uh, going to Limbloom Technical High School. You know, I feel yeah. like I have the science background. You know, the technology background. So, what'd you do with it then? Now that Basketball is kind of like, well, what's next? Well, I think, I think what I had in my mind, I said, you know, I need to approach life after basketball in the same way I approached basketball. You know, I want to find something to do that I was passionate about. You know, I wanted to have a, a career and be, and be passionate about what I do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I don't think I picked up a basketball after that, after I got cut from the, from the uh, chaparrales. I don't think I picked up a basketball for six months. You know, I enrolled in a class at the uh, Illinois Institute of Technology. I took a graduate course there, you know. Um, I took the one course. And then I got a job offer to go to work for uh, uh, um, a company called Pullman Standard. They design and develop, they design and manufacture uh, rail cars and passenger cars for Amtrak. Passenger car for Amtrak and, 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 um, and rail cars. Okay. And I, I stayed with them for about three three years or so. And while I was with them, I... I um, I got a patent for a mechanism for auto auto cars, you know, and so I got one patent there. Mm-hmm. And then I went on to work for a Ford Motor Company up in up in up in Dearborn, Michigan, in okay. body engineering. And uh, so I stayed with them for a couple of years. And then I, then I went to work. Then I came down here to uh, 
to uh, the East Coast, and uh, I worked for CSX managing an engineering department there. And then about nine years later, I got into aerospace uh, working for uh, working for NASA as a contractor. Wow. And I've been with NASA now for the last, you know, as a contractor for about 27 years at NASA. That's awesome. <laughs> I know that you were uh, CEO and founder of EGNL Systems Incorporated as yeah, well. Yeah, that, that was interesting. In 94, you know, uh, you know, I said, I'm going to start my own company, you know. And so I started EGNL Systems, which is the initials for my kids, Erica, Lindsay, and uh, Erica, Lindsay, and uh, uh, Erica, Greg, and Lindsay. Okay. And uh, it was a company developing computer-based training modules. Oh. And, uh, and, uh, and this was uh, the interactive training Um for, uh, I had contracts with, with, with NASA. I had contracts with uh, Amtrak wow. and, uh, and the, and the, uh, and, uh, the Teachers Association here in, uh, in D.C. Okay. And this was to develop their training. So I did that for about, for about three or four years, and then I kind of shut it down and then went, went back to work at NASA. What a career besides basketball that you have amassed. And, and I tell you, that noggin has a lot, a lot of good things going on up there. I yeah. tell you, it's very impressive. Yeah, you know, and, um, and while at NASA, and I've worked on some uh, really, really interesting programs at, uh, at NASA from Hubble Space Telescope to the James Webb Space Telescope um, to uh, uh, one mission where we uh, were looking at gamma ray burst and, you know, and things of that nature. So, uh, so I've been a I've been a, a, a program manager, a deputy program manager on a 1.2 billion dollar contract Jeez. that our company had with NASA. Wow. Uh, it was like 1.2 billion over about uh, about seven years, hmm. and uh, I'm currently uh, a manager on a on a, on a 200 million dollar contract that we had with uh, with NASA here at the Goddard Space Flight Center. So if you guys are in this area and you want to come out and visit Goddard, you know, just let me know. <laughs> oh, man, there's no question. I yeah. want to come check that out. Yeah. And, and, and one other thing, Matt, is that at our last conference, um, we had uh, NASA had an exhibit uh, at our conference in Las Vegas. And this was an exhibit where they were showcasing NASA technology that, that, uh, that are available for uh, exploitation. You know, say, if there's a technology that you think could... could could, you know, that you could market and market for yourself. They were presenting those types of technologies, and it went over really well at the conference. You know, a lot of guys uh, were interested in, uh, in what and what NASA had to uh, had to show. Well, I tell you, and being uh, a part of all that and watching it grow, and you were there for a long, long time too. That uh, you know, that's just fantastic. I tell you, we're up against another break, though, Dave. I'm hoping you can stay on a little bit longer. We're going to wrap this show up in the next segment. Uh, we're listening okay. to Rebound Radio, and uh, thank you. Okay. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? 
have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Welcome back to Rebound Radio. Oh. I'm <laughs> this is Matt Fish, and we got Alex Clancy, and we've got David Naves you know, on, on the line here. And we've been learning a lot from David. And uh, I know that I want to get a little bit into your work with the NBRPA next. Um, you've been a director for how many years now? Well, this is my first year uh, yeah. uh, as director. Uh, I remember when I joined the NBRPA, you okay. know, there was not a whole lot of Harlem uh, Globetrotter representation, you know, and I said, you know, I think, uh, I think I need to step it up and, and, and try to figure out how to get more Globetrotters into the organization, and in so doing that, you know, I began to learn a lot about it, and then I was, you know, then I said, you know, maybe I'll run for the board, and so I ran for the board the first time, didn't make it, yeah. and then the second time I did, you know, yeah. and so uh, so my whole platform for the board was, you know, there are a couple of things, you know, I wanted to do is increase our membership overall, mm-hmm. increase the presence of the, uh, of the Harlem Globetrotters, and really, you know, try to come up with a program that's going to have an impact on uh, within our Within our communities, you know, whether here in the U.S. or or or, or abroad. Oh, congratulations! Because so, of all so three of those my, things, uh, have been good. My uh, my term on the board uh, at the uh, at the last All Star game in uh, I think it was in New York. Right. That's when I started, started my tenure on the board. Is, is it a, a three year term? It's a three year. It's a three year term, and uh, and I tell you, you know, this board really, really, really works hard. Yeah. You know. And uh, and um, it's not it's not an easy job, but it's a necessary job. And uh, and I think we all are working towards how to make the organization better, more responsive to our players' needs. Because remember now, we have a, a diverse membership. And what I mean by diverse, you know, we have uh, ABA members, NBA members, WNBA members, uh, Harlem Globetrotters, and uh, a wide age range. You know. Right. From you know, from young to to very senior, yep. and so we have to make certain that you know our organization is responsive to all of their needs, you know, as best we can, and that's through our programming, right. uh, through our um, um, making certain we have a, a good revenue stream, you know, so that uh, so that we can provide those services to our to our members. Well, you know, I was listening to some of the things that you ran uh, on, and and I tell you what. Talk about increasing the Harlem Globetrotter influence. They have come out, and I know it was an anniversary of some sort, but how we have had so much more participation. So congratulations on getting the Harlem Globetrotters more involved. 
Yeah, but the WNBA has given us a run for our money. <laughs> yeah, they are. They kind of so, came in so with gangbusters. We got a little competition going. <laughs> yeah, they do. They came in, and they were the life of the party at the Legends World Sports yes, Conference up in yes. Vegas. And it made it a lot much yes. funner. And they're, they're you know, welcomed with open arms. So, you know, th- yes. those WNBA players are a lot of fun, and it was great to have them uh, just most recently. But uh, And I say nothing, Matt. You know, board, you know, takes a lot of time. And so, you know, I have my wife and kids may be listening to the show. and. Uh-huh. I just want to say I really appreciate, you know, the support that they've given me. Uh, I have three kids. Okay. Uh, Erica's my oldest. They just had the baby. Mm-hmm. And then my middle daughter and her husband, uh, Donovan. And then my son, David Gregory, who was working there in Atlanta with a company called Aspire Group there in Atlanta. So you're, you're a grandfather now. Um, once yeah, once over? Grandpa, you know. So, once over? Just the, just the one grandkid? No, just, just the one. Okay. You know, and, uh, and I'm eating it up, man. <laughs> I bet that one's going to be know, a bit spoiled. I am, I, am eating, I am eating it up, you know. <laughs> Well, uh, that's fantastic. That's that's great, and I I know that having a, uh, all that in your life to watch it all evolve, and and I know you raised three wonderful children, and I know they're out doing great things in the community. If they're anything like their dad, yeah. And um, I also want to say one other thing about the NBRPA is that I have a vision, and we all have a vision for the NBRPA that you know, it's going to be one of the most dynamic organizations there is. You know, I mean, the potential for us is just it's just amazing. You know, and I'm I'm really um, uh, I'm, I'm really very optimistic about where our organization is going and the types of things it's going to do uh, uh, in the future. Well, I agree, and I know that there's a big upside with the organization. I've seen it grow in le- leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being the president of the Phoenix chapter, we've got a lot of traction out here. I'm excited about the future, even just in the chapter program, as well as the NBRPA as a whole. I've just seen it go, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a long ways in the last five years with Arnie Felco at the, at the helm. It's been nice to be able to see him turn this into a true business instead of one mm-hmm. that's just a, more of a fraternity. So, right. you know, that's been fun to be able to see somebody grab the reins and, and, and do it the way it ought to be done. And mm-hmm. he continues to do just that. It's just, it's just knock it out of the park. And so, you know, I, I did the six-month internship in Chicago for a reason. I enjoy helping the members of the NBRPA. I'm the president of the Phoenix chapter here, and I do rebound because I believe in us. And I know you do, too. Right. Right, and I really appreciate the work that you're doing there as well, Matt. Thank you. You know, we do have, do a lot of good things in the community out here, and I'm excited to be able to be a part of it. And we'll continue to do more and more things. And I know that we're going to try to add more and more chapters within the NBRPA, and you know, they're welcomed with open arms. And I'm excited to just see this thing continue to evolve and to continue to be the association that it's, it's going to be and, and, and has been and can continue to be. So with leadership like yourself, Dave, I mean, I tell you, with the things that you've done with the organization, uh, thank you for all your service. You know, I just really appreciate it. I'm going to ask Ansi Clancy over here to step up and see if he's got some questions for you. You know, I I have been leading this thing along, and so I'm going to see if he's got a question or two. Well, being... the younger statesman in the room by a long shot, I think. Uh. No, I'm only kidding. Um, I'm, I'm always curious to ask uh, former players, uh, doesn't matter what jersey you wore, what you think about the new age of the NBA and where it's headed. Like, are you... Uh, are, I, I, think, I think the... Uh, I think it's heading in the, uh, in the right... The money is just <laughs> crazy. You know, the kind oh, of money they're making. Man. Even just, just the role players, I, Dave. Even just the but, role but I, players. But I, tell, but I tell kids, I tell kids, you know, if you think the the players are making a lot of money, just think what the owners are making mm. in order to pay the players that kind of money. 
So what do you want to be? Would you rather be a player or an owner? <laughs> uh, yeah, and I always uh, I quote Chris Rock. I I I quote Chris Rock because he said, "Shaq's rich, and the guy that signs Shaq's paycheck is wealthy." You want to be rich or wealthy? Right. Yeah, right. He says you know, it funnier I than I do, I, but <laughs> but I think the uh, I think it's going in. I think the, the talent is uh, is is there. Uh, I think the excitement is there. I think there are. I think the marketing for the league is just phenomenal. The marketing is just phenomenal. And when you look at you know when when you look at the Olympics and, and what the, the Olympic team did, I mean that just makes the uh, the NBA even that much that much better. Well, see, that's interesting. So I think, Go ahead. Go I ahead. think the NBA is, uh, I think it's going in the right direction. Um, I think with the, uh, with the players association and, and the types of things that they're bringing to the, and also I want to, I want to congratulate and thank the, uh, the NBA players association for uh, implementing the insurance program through the NBRPA for yeah. our members. You know I mean? that yeah. That was phenomenal. Yes. You know, share them, what you know about that. that. I mean, we mentioned it back here uh, a, few, uh, a couple weeks ago, but uh, yeah. share a little insight what you know uh, about that program. Well, uh, from what I know, it's going to provide you know players access to uh, to uh, to health insurance, right? You know, and uh, and any any kind of access that you know, particularly with the older players, because um, one of the things that happens to older players is that. Uh, the older players played on asphalt and concrete, so you know what that means. I'm yeah, <laughs> yes. So, but I think it's going to work out real well for for some of the NBA players. Now, I have a question for you uh, because I know nothing except for um, I've read a little bit about it, and uh, Matt and I've talked a little bit about it. Is it um, retroactive? Like, will they take care of situations? Like, say you're out of the league for 20 years, but you've had you know a knee injury that you've been hobbled with ever since. And you have medical bills uh, piling up. Is this insurance going to start from now on? Of, I don't know. I don't know that level of detail yeah. enough to, to to say anything about about that. Right. But all I can say is that that this program will be provided to NBA players. You know that 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 have a certain amount of years of service with the NBA. So I don't know the details of the policy and how the policy works and all that. And so I don't right. want to say something that may or may not be true. Well, I mean, I know this much. It's something that we've been wor- fighting for for years and years and years, and right. finally they came around and, and, and made it available. I think it has to do with three-year players, and the more years you put That's into right. the NBA, mm-hmm. you know, the more mm-hmm. coverage you get. You know, So it has to do with the amount of years served, and that all makes sense, too. But you also make a good point on the older folks who played on the cement and the asphalt and so forth who have you know knees that are maybe more and back and joints that are a little bit more torn up that you'd think they'd almost skew it a little bit uh, that way, too. But uh, again, Again, you have to include everybody in a policy to make it make sense. So you got to have the young kids, too. Yeah, yeah, make it affordable. You're right. So you're right, though. That's a good thing to point out. I'm glad you brought that up, Dave, because that, you know, that's been needed for so many years, and finally we have it. So, Mr. Naves, we've... We have a lot of, in addition to the insurance, you know, I know Matt has said this many times, we have a lot of programs that are available to to our members, you know, um, you know, in terms of, you know, helping them with that transition in terms of financial support, uh, in terms of education support, you know. So there are a lot of programs that we have out there that, uh, that our players have access to. Yeah, and every week, you know, we bring up a new program that the NBRPA has mm-hmm. available, and, and, we, and we talk mm-hmm. about them. We, we key one every week. And, you know, this last mm-hmm. one was basically congratulating the, you know, the new board of directors that were voted back in, Nancy Lieberman, you know, I know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm excited yeah. to have her back on board. I think Nancy and, was voted back in. Yeah. Eldridge was voted right, back in. Right, right, right. Well, as Dwight, Dwight Davis was voted back in. You yes. Know? 
Yeah. So really glad to uh, to see that. You know. So yeah, me too. They're, back. So they're, they're so great leaders. To... Yeah, they're great leaders. Mm-hmm. They'll continue to lead great. And I'm glad that you got two more years in there. Maybe more. I'm just glad that you got. You've done so much in just one year. I'm excited to see what the next two years. You know, you're going to bring to the organization. <laughs> so, you know, thanks for all your serves, Dave, and thanks for mm-hmm. your time today too. And you know, I'm going to leave leave it here with Alex here to maybe ask one last question. Alex, ask it. Will you come on in a month or so so we can get updates from you? Uh, I'll come on any time you guys want. Uh, all right, so all right. Just <laughs> give us, just, me, uh, just give us a grand, a grandparent watch. You know, a week ahead of time. Right. No, we'll, we'll um, it'll be great because like we, this has been an interesting start, and we have like two minutes left, so I'll make, keep this quick. It's been an interesting oh, yeah. start to Rebound Radio because. Um, we started right in the middle of basketball season towards the playoffs and the mm-hmm. end. So we finally are now getting into our groove of having former players on, you know, usually players are, that are part of the NBRPA now. And it's, uh, we really appreciate the time. And uh, it's going to be it's, every week we will have guests, hopefully, and we would like to get repeat business so we can start building a rapport for our mm-hmm. listeners. So when you come on, we're like, oh, we'll touch base quickly and then we'll be able to uh, find out everything else that you've been doing in the in the gap since we spoke last. So hopefully we'll be able to do that soon. And um, I really appreciate, again, you coming on and uh, sharing your story with us. All right, thank you guys for having me. I really, really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks again. You got it. So that was Mr. David Naves. Man, what a great uh, the guy. Director board of, uh, he's on the board of um, directors for the MBRPA. Yes. Yep. Uh, three years, hopefully more, for him. Uh, Matt Fish, Alex Lancey here. Follow Matt at Rebound Talk if you want to hear any sort of stuff going on with the National Basketball Retired Players Association. Email Matt at mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. The Rebound Magazine should be coming out in the next couple months. Yep. There's been a little situation, but in the next couple months, it'll be back on the quarterly schedule. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'll probably, I, I think, of spoiler alert, my face will be on the cover. <laughs> so he, Matt Fish doesn't know that yet, but it will be. So. <laughs> uh, Next week, um, we're working on getting another guest, and we will have that done. I haven't talked to Matt about my ideas yet, but um, hopefully we'll have somebody new next week. Um, And there will be a Carmelo bashing segment. Not a segment. It's probably going to be a 30-second rant, (laughs) so I could just... You know what? I have time now. I have 30 seconds. Go ahead. He played 18 minutes in the damn gold medal game, and they won by 35. He played 35 minutes in the game against Serbia the first time, and And they won by three. three, This is not... This is not like a oh that's coincidental oh that's coincidental I did all the I did all the numbers for this little podcast that I do I'm not cheating on you I promise okay. it's just me um, <laughs> and the numbers were glaring on the side of Alexander Michael Clancy saying <laughs> that Carmelo is not to be played more than 24 minutes in international play I will email <laughs> Coach K and I will email. Um, Phil Jackson in okay. New York so they can kind of they need help in New York and I'm the one to give it to him. Alex Clancy <laughs> Matt Fish here we'll see you guys next week Thanks for tuning in to Rebound Radio Please join Matt Fish next Thursday at 6pm Eastern Time 3pm Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel We'll profile another legend of basketball Have a great week <laughs>